and codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 345 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, and your weekly report on all things Star Trek, recorded live on Tuesday, December 5th, 2017, and available for download or streaming on Friday, December 8th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm Kenna. And I'm Tony. And in our audio booth is our audio engineer, Winters. Hello, everyone. Captains, we really apologize for missing you last week, but we're back, and it's time to cover this week in Star Trek news. Well, this week we're trekking out whether Quentin Tarantino could write the next Star Trek film. There's a new film out soon about a young Star Trek fan trying to get her screenplay read. And the Deep Space Nine documentary, What We Left Behind, has been delayed, but not for long. Later, Jake and Cookie are here with some holiday gift ideas on the promenade. And as always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Captains, you know we love to hear from you between episodes, so please reach out to us. We are on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast. We're on Twitter at Priority One Pod. You can even send an email via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Captains, there's no doubt that your support is what keeps this podcast going from week to week. And we're so very grateful for inviting us into your lives each and every week. Unfortunately, producing a show like this can get a little costly from time to time, which is why we offer some very special perks to those of you who become patrons of Priority One Podcast via Patreon.com including additional content that we release, like on screen, our weekly reviews of Star Trek Discovery. Now, even though Discovery is off the air, we are working on content to release during the break. As you know, Priority One Podcast is a labor of love. None of us get paid for the work that we do with Priority One, so your support helps us keep the lights on and continue to produce the show that you've come to expect each and every week. Now, we understand that sometimes a financial contribution is impossible, But there are other ways that you can support Priority One, such as sharing the show with your friends. Even leaving us a review on something like iTunes is a big help. Every little bit supports Priority One Podcast, and we're so very grateful for what you do for us. Again, Captains, we are so very grateful for your support, and we look forward to producing a show for you each and every week. A quick reminder, Captains, that our end-of-year blooper special is coming up soon, and we would like to know your favorite bloopers throughout 2017. Please email us at incoming at priorityonepodcast.com with the episode number and a timestamp for your favorite bloopers. Now let's check out the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. I don't know. Then let's check it out. A few months ago, the Star Trek news feed lit up when a 2015 Nerdist podcast interview with acclaimed writer and director Quentin Tarantino resurfaced. In it, he offers constructive criticism of Star Trek Into Darkness and didn't shy away from the idea of taking on the franchise himself. Well, it looks like it's grown to be a little more than a concept for Tarantino. 
Deadline.com writer Mike Fleming Jr. reports in a December 4th article that Tarantino and J.J. Abrams will assemble a team of writers to flesh out Tarantino's concept for the next film in the Kelvin universe. It should be noted that Paramount has not confirmed the report. What do you guys think about this idea? The Tarantino... Tarantino Star Trek film? I kind of love it. So I don't hate it. I really don't hate it. Um, there, the only I think the only Tarantino film that I don't like was Jackie Brown, mm. um, followed really closely by Inglorious Bastards. I love that I'm one. I'm gonna say Inglorious Bastards. But the thing about this is that even even though those are my least favorite of his series of films that he has both directed and uh, written and produced. I still love them. Mm. Tarantino has a way with character and dialogue that is, is just... It's visceral. It's, it's gut visceral. Pun- it's, gut it's real. It's gut-punching. Um... It's you know it's not even it's not this heightened speech nor is it fake it's just it's conversational you know yeah. I, I think back on the, on on for instance Reservoir Dogs when they're all sitting around the table and talking about tipping right like that that's just a, it's a very real conversation mm-hmm. it's it's character exposition without without exposition yeah yes now in that Nerdist interview which I think we covered when it was making the cycle the new cycle again you know he was asked would you would you do Star Wars you know, would you take on a franchise like Star Wars? And his reply was, no, I'd rather take on Star Trek. And you know what, though? Quentin Tarantino is, is in fact, smart enough to take on Star mm. Trek. You know, I oh, think yeah. that he could do some great storytelling as long as he's not directing. Right? I don't think that he should be given the full reign on Star Trek because then we're going to... I think that could be a detriment to the franchise. Well, it's a risk. However, it's a risk. his smarts and his intelligence mm-hmm. and his ability to to pull the story forward could be really great. I mean, think back on a film like True Romance. That got some pretty great reviews, and he he, all, he wrote it, but he didn't direct it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't I don't know that this is going to hurt Star Trek. I mean, it's definitely going to be a different angle. It'll sell tickets for sure. It'll sell tickets. Mm -hmm. And and Tarantino, Star Trek directed by Quentin Tarantino, that'll put cheeks in seats, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But here's, here's, I'm going to take off what you said and go with it a little bit. He needs somebody to tell him no and make it stick. So if he's going to direct it, he needs a really strong executive producer that knows Star Trek and and can and can rein him in just just a tad. Just go, "Eh, hang on a minute there, buddy. That, That doesn't quite work. Um, if it, he he could direct, I think a good Star Trek movie. If he had somebody sort of riding herd on him just a bit to chop off the extreme excesses that he can go to. Um, you see, I think that what we would end up happening is something like what what happened with Brian Fuller. I think that somebody would stifle his. Well, his, yeah, the the yeah, you're absolutely right. He would right, walk but, off. I think well, he would walk off. It would need to be somebody that he respects. Now, unfortunately, he's doing this as a collaboration with J.J. Abrams. He probably respects Abrams and might take a no from Abrams, but Abrams is the wrong person to be handing those out for Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, but we, well, himself and Abrams have worked together before. I know, but we're talking about putting the Star Trek sort of ethos and mythos and show Bible right. in the hands of Abrams, and we Which know is where that than goes. Both of them. Yeah. yeah, and we know where that goes. 
No, you have to remember that Quentin Tarantino has actually won two Oscars. And mm-hmm. the two Oscars that he's won has not been for directing. He's got a very extreme style that some people don't like. His yep. two Oscars have been for best writing. Mm-hmm. So if they're talking about him writing a Star Trek uh, movie... I'm kind of okay with that. He's a guy yeah. who, and uh, so I am, yes, I'm looking at his IMDb page right now. He's been nominated for 176 awards and has won 132. He's an extremely accomplished filmmaker, even if you're not that cool with his like directorial yeah. style. And I would be really, really happy to see somebody with that amount of experience take on a Star Trek franchise. Mm. And let's not yes. forget. We were all like, you're getting the guy who's doing the Fast and the Furious to direct Star Trek, and Star Trek Beyond was a great film. So, uh, to be fair, I think actually most people that I've seen react, most of my friends who have been reacting to this news are kind of like, okay, it's kind of out there, but I'm cool with it. I haven't really seen anybody who's been super opposed. You know who I would love to see team up is Quentin Tarantino with Brian Fuller. That'd be, mm. That would be interesting. That would oh, be well, sort of awesome. in a bottle. Well, you know he's off American Gods. That he so is. There's well, a, that there he is, is an opening. <laughs> but he's got another project. But I mean, oh, yeah. Eh, but if the, but it's fine. yeah, that would. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Here's my requirement, though. I would like to see it stay PG thirteen. I would like to not have it go. That's kind of what I'm talking about on the whole pull the it pull. Yeah, Tarantino yeah, back because okay. Yes. I mean, we've had yeah. this discover we've had this discovery discussion as well yeah. that the TVMA is a little just a smidge too far. If they made an R-rated Star Trek film, and somebody please correct me if I've missed an obvious one that already is R-rated, but I tend to think of Star Trek films as things that I can watch with my family, and I know Discovery I really can't. I would be disappointed if the films as well I couldn't watch with my family. And that brings us to our first community question. What are your thoughts about Quentin Tarantino joining the creative team of the Star Trek franchise? Now, a new film is set to release on January 26th in select theaters, on demand, on Amazon Video, and on iTunes. Titled Please Stand By, the film stars Dakota Fanning as a young woman on the autistic spectrum and with a passion for Star Trek. When an opportunity arises for her to submit a script for a writing competition, she runs away to Hollywood, hoping to make the deadline. This is a super exciting looking film to me. It, it is. It's from Magnolia Pictures, so it's an independent film. But Magnolia Pictures has produced some phenomenal films. Phenomenal films. Um, this came out of nowhere, I feel. This film came out of nowhere. Yeah, how I was did we not w- know about this? <laughs> yeah, it just it, it came up on my feed today, I think, if not yesterday. Um, and... I was pleasantly surprised for mm. for a number of reasons. One is that it has some pretty talented actors in the uh, film. It has kind the, of an amazing cast. And then number two is that Star Trek is a a vessel to address something like autism, being on the autistic spectrum, mm-hmm. right? Because you know, I know that 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 you know there are many people who suffer from social anxieties who are on the spectrum who attend Star Trek conventions and I know that are 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 do so because of the passion that they have for Star Trek because of the influence that Star Trek has had on their lives so I think this movie is going to speak to a lot a lot of people yeah I, the selection of you said you said uh, you know a vessel almost the 
stereotypical sort of understanding of autism is that a lot of, they have kind of an obsession or a, a heightened special interest in something. The selection of Star Trek as that special interest, um, I think, is going to make a, a very uh, strong and sturdy bridge between people with uh, autism disorders and on the autism autism spectrum with a mainstream audience or a more mainstream audience. Because a lot of people who don't have who aren't on the spectrum have that same kind of passion for Star Trek. And so it's going to make that, it's like, you understand that passion, that fandom of Star Trek, transfer that to somebody on the spectrum. Now, now you meet somebody whose passion is guitars or stamps or trains, and you say, ah, I, I recognize this behavior, I recognize this sort of obsession, I can better relate to this person who's on the spectrum now because I understand the condition. And I think that's mm-hmm. going to be, a, a, hopefully, I think that's a major side effect or an impact on the, the film will have. My first impression, actually, when I saw the trailer, was that I was a little bit... I can't I can't think of the right word, and I apologize. Um, my first gut reaction was, oh, great, they're painting Star Trek fans as um, everyone's on the autistic spectrum or something. They're kind of playing into that already pre-existing stereotype that we're all like hardcore nerds and have no social skills and you know whatever I'm sorry I'm probably offending a whole lot of people right now Um, I (laughs) you know I watched it twice I watched it twice and I think probably that isn't the case this is not a film about Star Trek it's a film about families and about this girl's journey to sort of uh, get her writing accepted and Star Trek is a large part of it. Um, and, and it seems to be treated very sympathetically. And in a similar way that, like, Galaxy Quest had a fond look at the Star Trek fandom, that is what I kind of get. There's one little scene that they show where she's she's kind of freaking out in an alleyway and Patton Oswald comes up to her and starts talking Klingon. And it's really, yeah. really sweet. It's really sweet. And it doesn't. It, it's not done for... That, I mean, it's funny, yeah. but it's not like done for a laugh because they're making right. fun. It's right. it's, that's, it's sympathetic. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Is that they're you know, if, if people have a special interest in in trains or stamps or guitars or whatever it is, they know everything about it. But that also translates to people who are who are everyday folks, and they learn Klingon for fun. They may not know all the registry numbers of all the starships, but they took the time to learn Klingon, and that's a that's a bridge. That's a connection. That folks on the spectrum can make if they if they like Star Trek or that's their thing that can that pe- that can make they can make with folks who aren't on the spectrum. Uh, so I mean I think that's that that's the sort of thing I'm, I'm hoping that the film um, can can do uh, mm. outside of its you know two hour runtime or whatever it's going to be. Well, that actually brings us to a really good community question. For those of you listening, how has Star Trek influenced your life? And it might have inspired you to write, or it might have just uh, found you some new friends, or just, you know, something to entertain you on a quiet night. We would love to hear from you, so let us know. You can do that in the comment section of uh, for this episode, which is PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO345, or tweet us at PriorityOnePod, or on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast. Now, for you Deep Space Nine fans out there that are eagerly awaiting Iris Stephen Bear's DS9 documentary, Woo-hoo. you might have to wait a little longer. Ooh. According to an update on their Indiegogo campaign page, the grand success of their fundraising has given them the flexibility to enhance the project, but in turn will cause a slight delay. Additionally, 
Adam Nimoy has stepped down as director in order to, quote, focus on personal commitments and other creative endeavors, end quote. No worries, though, Captains. It looks like the delay will only be short, as they are still, quote, aiming to have the film done in early 2018, end quote. Oh, so we're going to have to wait, like, all the way until next year to watch you get really embarrassed by Iris Steven Bear? Because that's totally making it in, I hope. <laughs> I hope so, too. <laughs> I really hope so. The film was originally scheduled to debut February of 2018, so we may only have to wait till you know, April, May, June, you know, it could be a June. Uh, I mean, how awesome would it be if we're at Vegas and we're sitting in the audience while I'm getting burned by Steve, Ira Stephen Bear? It'd be awesome. <laughs> I would fulfill my lifelong dream. That's great. I'm glad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Delightful. Well, Captains, that wraps up this week in Star Trek News. Now let's head over to the promenade for another great product review with Jake and Cookie. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jake Cobb. And I'm Cookie Cupcakes. And this is the promenade. Uh-oh, cookie sighting. What's happening, lady? Just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ring ting tingling too. What? Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. You're singing again. Outside the snow is falling and friends are calling you who? We did this last year. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. Cookie! Oh, hey, Jake. You had another one of those December singing fits. Oops, sorry. It happens when I gift shop. No worries, but, um, what do you say we... Get to it? Please. Let's talk about what is, in my opinion, the perfect gift. Frosty cold libations. The Federation of Beer and Smaltz Brewing Company have once again teamed to brew the newest Star Trek-inspired beer, Captain's Holiday. Much like its previous offerings, including the 50th Anniversary Golden Ale, Red Session Vulcan IPA, Klingon Imperial Porter, Symbiosis 30th Anniversary Ale, and Borg Ale, Captain's Holiday is inspired by our favorite franchise, and unsurprisingly more specifically by the Next Generation episode of the same name. For those that are as bad with name recognition as I am, that's the one with the Vorgons, Horgons, loose-fitting open-neck clothes, and Vosh. Think Tox Uthat. But back to the fermented treat. This 5.5% ABV, or alcohol by volume, pale ale is brewed using four variety of malts, two variety of hops, including citra and amarello, and citrus flavors, orange peel and lime to be exact. The bottle and box will certainly grab your eye with its nebula-like space backdrop, the beautiful planet Ryza in the center, with a small galaxy-class Enterprise-D and a larger Horgon overlaying the planet. There's clear Star Trek TNG branding along the top in its familiar font, and a Captain's Holiday in somewhat whimsical type along the bottom. Now, sadly, I haven't been able to get my hands on Captain's Holiday. Yet. But according to the Beer Advocate website, untapped.com, the Trek-inspired brew has received 3.4 out of 5 stars with 31 reviews. It is scheduled to be distributed nationally. Don't feel like hunting? Well, according to Federation of Beer's Twitter account, at FedofBeer, you can order it on craftshack.com in the U.S., if your state laws allow that sort of thing. We'll leave the pertinent links in the show notes. I wish I liked IPA beer. I th- this isn't an IPA. This is just a, a pale ale, which is different. IPAs are a little more bitter and a little hoppier. Where okay, pale I wish I liked smoother. pale ales. I thought they were the same thing. It, pale ale is the PA of the IPA. What do you mean it's two different things? That too- is pale ale is IPA. Oh, that's like saying... 
light That's pink Indiana is the same as pink. Pale Ale IPA. No. Yes, it is. You'll, Google yeah, India, Jake. Pa- India Pale Ale is IPA. An American Pale Ale is something else, like just a regular Pale Ale. Are you serious? Yes, I'm, I'm, we're learning. Today we're learning okay. about beer. I'm being taught. <laughs> Schooled. Schooled. So if anybody's tried this, you guys should let us know what you think. Absolutely. I'd love to hear. And send me some. Yeah. <laughs> 2018 is approaching, and you know what that means. Time to get new calendars. Woohoo! Yes, I know that digital calendars have taken over for the most part, but there's something about a physical calendar hanging on the wall that still has value. Even more value if it's a Star Trek calendar. Well, ThinkGeek has released four Star Trek-themed calendars for 2018, and they're definitely worth checking out. First and foremost is my favorite one, Star Trek Cat's Wall Calendar. This is based on the book Star Trek Cats, written by Jenny Parks, and the illustrations are taken from that book. Basically, it's iconic scenes from Star Trek, the original series, except instead of people, it's cats. For example, Captain Kirk is an orange tomcat. I mean, it's awesome. I love the way they recreated these scenes. It's very cute and funny. Next on the list is Star Trek Ships of the Line Wall Calendar. This features ships from across the Star Trek universe, and it has a horizontal layout to better display them in all their glory. This is a beautiful calendar. It's not like a regular calendar where the top half is the image and then the bottom has the dates. With this calendar, you open it, turn it sideways, and it's one big image across. And then in the bottom corner is like the actual calendar overlaying the image in like a very discreet way. So this is not a calendar to write events down in. It's more like a calendar to gaze upon. The next one is the Star Trek Discovery Wall Calendar. This features scenes from season one of Star Trek Discovery, highlighting some of the main characters and memorable scenes from the show. I'm not a fan of this one. Some of the images are okay, but then some of them, I gotta wonder, why did they choose that picture? I mean, I don't want to look at Harry Mudd all month. (laughs) Don't get me wrong, I have nothing against the actor. I like the actor. It's not about that. I just think they could have done better in choosing the images for this calendar. They didn't have any of the pretty imagery that they could have used. Mm -hmm. They didn't have any of that. They didn't have any of the spore drive. It's beautiful. Beautiful images with the little floaty thing. Nothing. Nothing pretty in this calendar at all whatsoever. And so far, all the calendars I've mentioned are $14.99, and the last one is $19.99, the Star Trek Posters Wall Calendar. This one is special because it features artists from around the world, including Leonard Nimoy, celebrating the past 50 years of Star Trek with a wide variety of different mediums and styles. The really cool thing about this one is that you can detach each image and then frame it in a standard 11 by 14 frame. So you get a calendar, and then when you're done with the calendar, you get some awesome art. Yes, I like this last one the best. It's it's cool, and it's functional. I like the ships of the line, but I don't like that you can't write in what's the point of having a calendar. Just buy, yeah. Yeah, I'd rather just buy a picture. <laughs> What's your favorite? The cat one. Yeah, the cat one's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I just love cats, and I love Star Trek, and the two together, it's like, perfect. Yep, yep. Links can be found in the show notes. So there you have it. Singing's just like talking, except longer and louder. Links to the items discussed can be found in the show notes, so please be sure to check them out. Have any comments about the segment or anything discussed herein? We'd love to hear them, so let us know what you think on Twitter, Facebook, or in the comments section. And remember, you keep an eye on the stars. We'll keep an eye on the market. Until next time. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. 
Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, this is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Episode 344's first community question was, do you think Galaxy Quest should be brought back to the small screen for an on-demand platform? Or was the movie gold just the way it was and no further storytelling is needed? From Patreon, Katie Fulfer says, hard to imagine being able to make Galaxy Quest better. And Katie, I could not agree more. From Twitter, Jason Smith writes in, Hell yes to Galaxy Quest show or second movie. Bow. I added the bow. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He did not write that in. There is currently no emoji. It was heavily implied. Bow. It was heavily implied. I think it's a. I think it's a, a permissible interpretation. Yeah, I'm just afraid they're gonna screw it up. I think a lot of people are afraid they're gonna screw I it up. I am too. I'm actually a little. I'm a little more afraid that they'll screw up Galaxy Quest than I am afraid that they can screw up Star Trek? Uh, <laughs> yes. Is that odd? Yes. No, that no, it, no, because Star... Well, because... <laughs> They've already screwed okay. up Star Trek. Don't... I was going to say, <laughs> Star Trek's been screwed up plenty before. <laughs> hey, and yeah, it would have been right, fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's taken some punches over the previous few years. Uh, right. But, but yes. Galaxy Quest is just a lovely little ball it's of wonderfulness. It's just a diamond in the rough. Yeah. Let, 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 me, let, me, let me offer you a different perspective on this. Even if they, quote, mess up Galaxy Quest... That new movie or whatever will just be on its own and we'll just forget it. We'll still have the jewel, right? We'll, we'll know that they tried and failed to recapture the lightning in the bottle. <laughs> oh, it's you like, mean nice like try, uh, The Matrix yeah. 2 and 3? Oh, burn! Oh, burn! Oh, singe! Those perfectly sculpted eyebrows are on a fire and fuego. Eyebrows and... Oh, jeez. Fuego. Oh, jeez. Stop it. It's burning. It burns. It burns. It burns. Oh my. <laughs> He's going to break his glasses in a minute. <laughs> From Twitter, Tyrannicus says Galaxy Quest without Alan Rickman is no Galaxy Quest at all. And Trek Versus replied to that I sure do miss that guy. And he attached a photo of Alan Rickman himself. Yes, that, uh, that guy is pretty much irreplaceable, I think. Yeah. I love him. If anybody has not seen the 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 Texas music video uh, for in demand, just go watch it now. From Priority One Podcast.com, William Bentley says, No such thing as too much of a good show. If done badly though, it could be upsetting. I would never want to say no to new content though, on the chance to be better or more of the same thing we already enjoy. Episode 344's second community question was would you rather see iconic Star Trek characters, for example, Spock, Kirk, Pike, make appearances on Star Trek Discovery, or avoid them and keep introducing new characters? From Facebook, Sharil Abdul-Rahman says, We may need one original TOS character to act as a handover person. We had, technically, Zephram Cochran on Enterprise, Dr. McCoy on TNG, Picard for DS9, Bashir for Voyager. Yeah, it kind of, I don't know, in a way, like, legitimizes the new franchise with the somebody visiting from the old one. Right. Now, okay, so would it would it have to be somebody from Enterprise who they're all still alive and, you know, relatively youthful or have aged to a way that, you know, could be justified? It could only be T'Pol or, or Shran. Uh, do Andorians okay. live that long? I don't I, know if Andorians I, live that long. I don't know. I, I I could be completely wrong there with that one, but it's a possibility. I don't know because in in the JJ verse, Scotty is accused of 
of losing Admiral Archer's prize beagle. So Admiral Archer is still alive, it would seem. Nah, I guess. In Kelvin I mean, timeline. I, I guess, right? maybe, so, yeah. So humans get to live a little longer in the future, it would seem. But be that as it may, would it be... Would you be? Uh, you know what? This is what the community question should have been. It should have been: Would you have rather? Would you? Would you rather see enterprise actors like Scott Bakula or any of the others come on to Discovery in some kind of cameo, or would you be more inclined to see Kelvin timeline actors representative of the their characters? The problem with this show, they've got to separate themselves from the original series. The groovy shroom drive is already a problem. I mean, they've they've got to they've got to separate themselves out. I think an Enterprise cameo would be fun fan service, and it would you it would it would be hard to entangle themselves in Enterprise, right? I mean, it's a hundred years later, so they, they, it would just be a fun cameo, and that's it would, that would just be pure fan service and just something silly and fun. That's it. That's fine. That, that would be okay. My problem has been Sarek. Why is he there? Groovy Shroom Drive. What's up with that? They they promised us an explanation, so I guess we'll get we'll get one. But I mean, I think they need to disentangle themselves more from TOS and any of that kind of you know overlap. Yes, agree absolutely emphatically with everything you just said. Well, there's a first. No, yeah, <laughs> Winters and I never see eye to eye on anything. Yeah, Winters and I are always at each other's throats. Like you're wrong, man. No, no, you're wrong. Yeah, forget it. Yeah, that's that's a total change of pace. <laughs> Drogan writes in via Twitter, I would be interested in lesser known and one-off canon characters making an appearance. Already had a shout out to Will Decker over the intercom. They could do more with that character. Who's Will Decker? Uh, Captain Decker. Oh, Captain uh, Decker. Yeah. Captain Decker. Captain yeah, Decker. Captain Decker from, from the first film. Yep. Yes. But not that Captain Decker from the Doomsday Machine. Different That's Captain Commodore Decker. Decker. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Commodore Decker. Yeah. See? Will I know, Decker, I'm who sorry. Falls, shame, who falls in love with shame. Bald, yeah, no. right? Bald girl? <laughs> yeah. Ilya? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right, just make sure. Yep. Yes, bald chick. She has a name, Elijah. Yeah, Elijah. <laughs> I barely even knew Decker's name. You think I was going to remember her name? I didn't, couldn't, I had to. Do you the even watch Decker, the films, Elijah? Says the person the reason that I even hasn't knew... watched half the, s- oh my God, look at her. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. She knows what she's doing. She knows <laughs> what she's doing. Let's stirring it up. We had two survey Sundays since our last episode. Our first question was, this week we want to know, why do you tune into Priority One Pod? Don't be shy. Feel free to reply. Unintentional rhyme. And out of 39 votes, we got 15% Trek Talk. Hashtag Trek Nuggets. 49% Gaming Coverage. Hashtag STO. 10% On Screen. Hashtag Disco. And 26% The Cast. Hashtag We Like You Too. <laughs> we do like this you too. Revealing. It is revealing. And statistically significant, we got 39 replies. Out of oh my gosh, this is a really good point. Actually, I'm sorry. Slight tangent. We are so close to 3,000 followers on Twitter. I don't know if you've noticed this. That we have got to have a party. We're like eight away. So, so, yay! Share us with your friends and tell 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 your friends to like us on Twitter, because that's that's kind of exciting, don't you think? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Yes. It's awesome. And our second survey question was, 
What did you listen to in place of Priority One podcast this week? Our answers are vague on purpose. Fill in the blanks by responding to this post. And out of 21 votes, 19% of you said Trekcasts, hashtag other Trek nuggets. 5% said Gamecasts, hashtag clicking for life. 19% of you said random, hashtag check the replies. And 57% said nothing, hashtag inconsolable. Uh, and there was a Aww. whole bunch of different ones that people got uh, recommended in, in the replies. So if you are looking for other podcasts to listen to, of course, after Priority One, uh, uh, check, check some of those out for some uh, really good recommendations. Fair enough. Well, that wraps up episode 345 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. For more podcasts like Mission Log and Women at Warp, visit podcasts.roddenberry.com. Now, before we finish this show, we cannot forget to thank our Patreon supporters like Navy Boat Slew, David S., and Admiral. Before we go, here's a reminder of our community questions this week. What are your thoughts about Quentin Tarantino joining the creative team of the Star Trek franchise? And how has Star Trek influenced your life? Captains, you know we love hearing from you. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or tweet us via at PriorityOnePod. Don't miss a thing from the world of Star Trek. Catch our episodes every Friday by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. You can even join in on the fun while we record our episodes live on Tuesday nights at around 11 p.m. Eastern on Facebook. Keep an eye on our social media channels for details. And if that wasn't enough, you can join us in Star Trek Online in the Priority One Armada. If you're interested, just head over to PriorityOneArmada.com and sign up today. And don't forget that every Saturday night, the Armada takes to our Twitch channel for some in-depth playthroughs of Star Trek Online. Follow us on twitch.tv forward slash Priority One. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. Find out more and add your support at Patreon.com forward slash Priority One. Even if you can't make a financial contribution... Please help spread the word about the show and invite your fellow Trekkies. It's your support that keeps us going. Don't forget to tune into Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency podcast at GuardFrequency.com. Now with a brand new format, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And our latest endeavor, Heroes Rise, brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. Thanks to our audio team, led by Michael McDonald, with assistance from Brandon Parker and Jake Morgan, along with support from Midnight Shadow 7 of Hollow Sweet Media. Thanks to Jake Morgan as well for spearheading our social media endeavors, especially those Title It Thursdays and Awesome Survey Sundays. Thanks to our graphic artist and web designer, Henry Pomper. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Thanks to Patreon associate producer, Navy Boats Lou. But most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage.
Transfer complete. And in our audio booth is our audio engineer, Winters. <laughs> our audio. audio. <laughs> Jesus. Um, hold on a second. I need to address a few things. First of all, <laughs> first of all, thought, the Matrix was an amazing film. First of everybody all, should love I it. I thought I thought you guys were all my friends, <laughs> uh, but you're not, obviously. Uh, second of all, uh, Ken Ray, et tu brute, et tu brute. All right. Okay. Okay. Insert music clip now. Magic's about to happen. You can order it on CraftShack.com in the U.S. What did you say? Do, I you don't say know. CraftShack? C- CraftShack? You better spell that. <laughs> I'll, I'm, I'll, start, I'll start again. Wait, God, that's the loudest truck ever. This is based on the... <laughs> my cats are running at high speed. This is based... I'm sorry. Kitty, get out of here! So get out! I don't know what they're doing. I'm sorry. They can hear me talking about them right now. So. <laughs> I love my cats. What's the drive called? Flash drive? A spore, no. a spore drive? Spore drive? Did I say? <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody else get like chills when he says that? <laughs>